I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas, and this is class content for April the 19th, 2020. From the book of Proverbs, we are in chapter 3, continuing with verse 13. Proverbs chapter 3, we'll be reading verses 13 through 35 in just a moment. Remember, everything in this book has great value for those who began with the fear of the Lord. In the opening statement in chapter 1, the writer is clear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. While it is true that the fear of the Lord can be cultivated and enhanced by reading Proverbs, what is better is read all of Scripture, everything before and after Proverbs. What will happen is you'll become acquainted with God, the Creator, knowing who He is, respecting Him. Then you get your head into Proverbs and learn what is wise and accept the warnings about the ways of the fool. So let's continue now in Proverbs 3, 13 through 35. Here's our passage. It is a lengthy reading and typical with Proverbs. It contains some repetition, but those with the fear of the Lord want to hear all of this. Proverbs 3, 13 through 35. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again tomorrow, I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor, who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason, when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, And do not choose any of his ways, for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. 
In this passage, there is a rich combination of Beatitudes, prohibitions, and affirmations designed to show how open or accessible wisdom is from God to those who fear Him. I understand there is a lot of repetition in these early chapters of Proverbs. It is like the author wants to nail these things down solidly within us, foundational to what will come later. So we'll take up this passage knowing we're going over familiar territory, yet there is value in repetition. All right. Up front in verse 13, a beatitude is the door into this section. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. In the Bible, a beatitude is a statement or promise of blessing to those who respect the promiser enough to meet the conditions of the promise. Let me say that again. In the Bible, a beatitude is a statement or promise of blessing to those who respect the promiser enough to meet the conditions of the promise. So the promise here is given by the Lord. The promiser is the Lord through the Proverbs compiler. The promise is variously described, and we will get to the promise, but first, who is the promise to? Who gets these blessings? The one who finds wisdom. Now, to find wisdom, I begin with respect for God, the fear of the Lord, and then I seek, I find, I use God's wisdom in my life, and as I live that way, I become a happy recipient of this promise, this beatitude. What's the substance of it? The promise or blessing is variously described with the following phrases, far better than the gain of silver and gold. Gold and silver, highly valued. In our economy, dollars. People live for the dollar, seeking wealth, often in excess, sometimes an obsession. Proverbs communicates the higher value of wisdom, the teaching of the book, the book from God, when embraced and followed, is a far greater treasure than the gain of silver and gold. Here's another phrase that is the substance of the beatitude. Long life with riches and honor. We all know people who died young. This is not about when you die as placed on a calendar. This is not length of time on earth. This is a long relationship with God. Think spiritual riches and honor attached to and a product of fearing God and keeping His commandments. And then another part of this that is the substance of the beatitude, pleasantness, peace, life in verse 17, all about a good life with God. 
So the door into this section is a beatitude, and the beatitude promises great blessing to those who find wisdom and get understanding. The imagery in this passage holds up the value of living by God's wisdom. There is nothing better. One of my study resources points out this. We see the word blessed at the beginning of verse 13 and at the end of verse 18, marking these verses off as a paragraph. This commentary by Ortland suggests the key to the paragraph is found in these little two words, the one. The promise isn't universal. It is for the one, the one who finds wisdom and gets understanding. So if I'm stubborn and resistant and have not the fear of the Lord in my heart, I'm not the one. Think about that. Continuing at verse 18, we talked a moment ago about the promiser. Why should I fear the Lord and find his wisdom in my life? Listen to the next part. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. Why should wisdom from God matter to me? Because of who he is. If God, by wisdom, founded the earth and by understanding established the heavens, doesn't that truth at least recommend him? If by his knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew, why would I resist the wisdom that someone like that offers to me? At this very moment, God, through Christ, sustains the earth. This is why wisdom should matter to me, because of who's promising this wisdom, who's giving this wisdom. God, who made us, made the world, sent Jesus to us, gave his word to guide us. The fear of the Lord, that attitude, should cause us to embrace the wisdom of his word to guide us and bless us in life. Now, the next section, if you want to pause the recording, you can pause it and find verses 21 through 31. 21 through 31. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again, tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. During this stay-at-home quarantine, social distancing, and precaution time, let's stop and think about what this is about we've just read. 
For our purposes, dismiss any misgivings you have. Don't be distracted by conspiracy theories or various opinions. Ideally, what this is all about that we're going through now is personal safety. When a well-intentioned and informed official or expert says, don't go out and get into large crowds of people in close proximity, don't forget to wash your hands, don't do this, don't do that, what is this all about? When you sincerely interpret it from well-intentioned and well-informed officials, it is about personal safety. Now, it helps me make this point. All through the Bible, there are prohibitions. We've talked about that before in these studies. And to many people, perhaps some of us, or some of us at one time, prohibitions are, well, they're prohibitive. We may not like being told we shouldn't do something. We have this deep-rooted concept of liberty. You may hear this voice. Don't tell me I can't do something. Yet, better voices are heard. An orderly society and orderly life require prohibitions. A stop sign is a prohibition. Down where I live, in a dry spell, there are burn bans prohibiting burning. In God's Word, the prohibitions are not there to keep us from legitimate freedom or autonomy or diminish enjoyment of what is good. No, the prohibitions are there for our good, our good here on earth, but beyond that, our good relationship with the Lord, who made the world and made us and sent Jesus and gave us his word. So here in this part of Proverbs and in other places, prohibitions from God are for our good, easy to spot because they're usually introduced by the two words, do not. Therefore, our good. We should give heed to them. Let's look at a couple of these in this passage. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. So, applying this, there is a legitimate need. I have the resources to meet that need. I should not withhold what I have, but rather be generous, merciful helpful, a servant. When it is in my power to respond, I should respond. That's how simple this is. Here's another I would like to post over and over on social media. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. I understand freedom of speech. I believe it's a good thing. I understand questions and legitimate debate a vigorous exchange of ideas done fairly with good objectivity. I appreciate all of that. But the Bible is very clear that controversy that has no good reason, that's vain, competitive, vengeful, and hateful, and attacking, is not befitting the Christian. For our good, the Bible says don't do it. One more. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. You know, movies often put on our screens a variety of scenes and plots and narratives where violence wins the day. We can be pulled into the drama and applaud what isn't lawful, 
but amounts to vengeance and unnecessary violence. Again, for our safety, the Bible says, don't do that. Keep your distance from people of violence. Don't envy them and don't choose any of their ways. Remember now what these are, prohibitions from God for our good. These are helpful, valuable, and more precious than silver and gold given by the creator of the world. If you're listening to this recording with a group, pause here and discuss the value of prohibitions. All right, the next section in Proverbs 3, 33 to 35. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. So how important is all this we've been talking about? Fearing the Lord with all your heart, being open to his wisdom, giving heed to prohibitions. How important is all of this? Well, this keeps us out of the house of the wicked and keeps us in the dwelling of the righteous. Where do you want to live? Which place? The house of the wicked or the dwelling of the righteous? And then it says, to the humble he gives favor. There is rich spiritual treasure for those who find and use wisdom from God and see themselves as they really are and avoid pride and arrogance, who put ourselves under the authority of the Creator. Now let's do this. Let's hear the entire passage again and then some final comments. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence. Do not choose any of his ways, for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. But the upright are in his confidence." 
The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor. Takeaways. I have three. Number one, what is offered by the gracious creator is so much better than what the world offers. I believe one of the featured truths of wisdom literature in the Old Testament is what God offers to us far exceeds the temporal, appetite-driven offerings of the world. Over and over here in Proverbs and in Ecclesiastes, and reflected and punctuated over in the Sermon on the Mount, we are asked to consider how far greater God's blessings are than what the world offers. We have to live in the world and meet responsibilities and use material goods but we serve God, not the world. Number two, let us approach every prohibition in Scripture as something God has provided for our good, good here on earth, and good in the higher sense, with God now and after death. At this point, everything takes us to Jesus Christ. There are promises in Scripture, examples and principles and affirmations from the God of heaven and earth, the sacrifice and teaching of Christ, and included in all that God has given to us valuable prohibitions. For our personal safety and our eternal good, we are often told, don't do this. And then on the positive side, do this. I hope and pray we are listening And I hope all of this takes us to Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Thank you for listening.